0: This episode of Fearless Rebel Radio is brought to you by You on Fire. You on Fire is the amazing 12-week online group coaching program that I run where we build up your worth from the ground up so that it's no longer hinging on the way that you look. It's got personalized coaching from me and incredible community support plus lifetime access. Get details on what's included in this program and sign up to be notified when doors open for the next cycle by going to SummerInanin.com forward slash you on fire. I would love to have you in that program and in that group. This is Fearless Rebel Radio, a podcast about body positivity, self-worth, anti-dieting and feminism. I am your host, Summer Inanin, a professionally trained coach specializing in body image, self-worth and confidence and the best-selling author of Body Image Remix. If you're ready to break free of societal standards and stop living behind the number on your scale, then you have come to the right place. Welcome to the show. This is episode 150 y'all, we made it to 150. That is wild. And I am interviewing Nina Purewell, co author of the best selling book, let that shit go about how to work through negative thoughts, cultivate forgiveness in the worst of situations, and how to find more peace and happiness in the present moment. You can find all the links and resources mentioned in this episode at summer forward slash one five zero. Before we begin, I just have two quick announcements. First, I want to give a shout out to Sajesi Abiona. I think that's how you pronounce it, who left this amazing review. I just found Summer's Facebook group, which is no longer in existence, about a month ago, and just started listening to the podcast yesterday. And I've had so many aha moments, and nodding in agreement moments and just listening while tears stream down my face. So much waking up to do so much unlearning of old truths to do. Thank you for being out here. Thank you. Wow, that's a powerful review. Thank you so much for leaving that. And I know this was a couple years ago that you left that review. So I really hope that things have turned around and that you've unlearned a lot of those things. It would mean so much to me if you left a quick review. If you enjoy this show, you can do that by heading to iTunes, click ratings and reviews and click to leave a review or give it a rating. It helps keeps the show keep the show in existence and on the air and definitely subscribe to the show via iTunes or Spotify or whatever platform you use to listen. Second, you can get the free 10-day body confidence makeover at summerinandin.com forward slash freebies with 10 steps to take right now to feel better in your body. Today's guest is Nina Purewall. Nina Purewall is the founder of Pure Minds, a company that conducts mindfulness and meditation workshops, and the co author of the national best selling book, Let That Shit Go. She's been studying mindfulness and meditation for over 20 years and worked in the corporate world for over a decade. Her passion is to help others find calm amid the chaos. So I've known Nina for a long time. I think we figured out it was probably over 14 years that we've known each other. We worked together back. back. Back in our corporate days, uh, back when we were analysts looking at Excel spreadsheets, and a few years after that, we worked together at Cadbury, and uh, we would sit in the lunch kind of break room area and talk about how we wanted to quit our jobs to do our own businesses. And so now here we are. It's so awesome. She's the author of this best-selling book, which is amazing, and yeah, it's had some great publicity. She's been on like a ton of TV shows talking about it and stuff, along with her co-author Kate Petru and. Anyways, I think you're going to love this interview. There's so many helpful tips in it. And I loved chatting with her. And she's just such, such an inspirational woman. And I think that uh, once you know more about her story, you'll, you'll think that too. All right, enjoy.
1: Hello, Nina.
0: Welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you here. Thanks, Summer. I'm so excited to be here. I know. Such a different conversation that we're going to have today than uh, what we used to have like 10 years ago.
1: <laughs> when we were Data both- entry and growth <laughs> charts.
0: Yeah. And pricing strategies
1: it. and promotional <laughs>
0: <laughs> pricing. Yeah. Oh, we've come a long way. I know, I know. Well, I'm super excited to have you here. I would have interviewed you a lot sooner if I had not been on maternity leave. So you you were obviously like one of the first people that I wanted on the season this year. So I'm stoked to uh, get into it and talk to you about your book and, and all of that stuff.
1: Thanks. I'm stoked to be here and I'm so glad you took time off for a little Bambino. Yeah. And it's nice to see you back up and running.
0: Thanks. Thank you. So can you start uh, by talking a little bit about your story and, and how that led you to where you are today?
1: Yeah. So I have been practicing mindfulness and meditation for over 20 years now. And what got me into it I was, you know, it was actually an incident that happened when I was 16. Um, I went through a pretty significant tragedy. I lost my dad and brother very unexpectedly. Um, my parents were going through a pretty, very upsetting divorce. And uh, my dad kind of wanted to stay in the marriage and my mom didn't. And it all kind of exploded one day in a murder suicide um, with my dad and my brother and I was in high school which is a tough enough time being like an awkward teenager Um, but on top of that you know trying to process everything that happened um, I started to just question you know what life is about and you know what's my purpose and what are we all meant to do here just kind of going deep at that age and I kind of hit up against mindfulness meditation spirituality like classic classical spiritual philosophy and it is the one thing that just Kept me grounded in all of it. I mean, I still went through really hard times, and you know, I saw many therapists and psychologists and child psychiatrists. But mindfulness and meditation was the one thing that just kept me grounded and and kept me going.
0: Yeah, and you and you got a lot of that from. Did you get a lot of that from your mom too? Like, did she, did she get real? Was she into that? Did she teach that too?
1: Yeah, she was. I mean, she she was you know an incredible corporate businesswoman, but she also taught mindfulness and meditation. On the side and she, you know, after everything happened, she was the most positive person you'll ever meet. People would see her and couldn't even imagine what she had gone through losing, you know, her husband and a son so tragically, but she always had a smile on her face. She was always, you know, looking at the bright side of things. And so she's, she was my biggest inspiration in following this path for sure.
0: And then, you know, I could say the same thing about you, like you, you, you're such an inspiration to, you know, I, I, you know, there's your past. I had no idea about for years and like, you would just never know that, you had been through such tragedy, like you, you have such a positive perspective and like amazing presence. And yeah, you've just done such incredible, such incredible stuff with your life. And so yeah, I, yeah, you are. Yeah, you're amazing. You really are. You're one <laughs> oh of the.
1: Oh, <laughs> thank you so much. You're
0: welcome. You're welcome. You're welcome. So let's, let's get into the book then. Tell, just tell us overall about Let That Shit Go, like wh- why you wanted to write it and what overall it's about.
1: Yeah, so let that shit go. I've co-authored it with an incredible friend and business partner of mine, Kate Petru. It's all about a no-filter approach to finding happiness and peace of mind in the everyday. And it's a pretty easy read. It's got a hundred tips, over a hundred tips, on how to be more mindful day to day. So, you know, with, you know, as a mother, you know, within your job and the whole notion of letting shit go comes from the fact that in order to be mindful, in order to be present, you know, in order to be in the moment, you need to really focus on the here and now. And what happens is we are so overwhelmed by all this shit in the way. We think between you know, 50,000 and 70,000 thoughts a minute. And so the whole book is about all the shit we have in the way of us being here and now and how to each chapter kind of focuses on a different area of or different, you know, pile of crap that we need to just stop focusing on and thinking about. So that's, you know, the essence of the book. And, I honestly had no visions to write a book. This is how the crazy universe works. I, I um never intended on writing a book. This book, you know, I freaking failed grade twelve English, so <laughs> <laughs> well, you're a great writer. <laughs> <laughs> I know, seriously, um, so Harper Collins, our publisher, actually came across some of the workshops Kate and I were doing in the city called Mindful AF and learn how to fucking meditate, and they just thought the way that we were talking about it, made, you know, very relatable and very approachable, and they asked us if we wanted to turn it into book material. So. So here we are. Yeah,
0: it's awesome. I love the way it's written and it is really simple to digest and to read through. And I, like so many of the tips I've been, it have been in the back of my mind since I've read it and I'm trying to practice some of them. And it's just like, it's really, it's one of those books that I feel like you could keep going back to or just like open it to any page and read one of the tips and, and be like, oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Let's think about it from that perspective or like, let's use that tool. Like it's really, there's so much in it that's, that's applicable to everyday life and to, you know, either just trying to, like, get out of that monkey mind, as you call it, or, uh, you know, try to be just more grateful for
1: the everyday or just have a different perspective on things. It's really, it's really great. Oh, I'm so glad you like it. And yeah, you can, you don't have, it's not one of those books where you have to read, you know, cover to cover, you can totally pick it up in the middle, open a tip here and there that suddenly resonates with you and just, you know, go deep into that tip, that one tip for that one day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's
0: awesome. It's really, really well done. So let's talk about some of these tips and some of this advice that you have in the book. I definitely want to talk to you about managing negative thoughts because I think a lot of our listeners, that's something that they struggle with. That's something that pretty much everyone struggles with. But I'd love to know from your perspective, like what are some of the best ways to work through the negative thoughts that we have?
1: Yeah. So a lot of the times these negative thoughts You know, aren't necessarily our fault. Um, Just taking it a step back, you know, these, it's, they're almost like grooves in our mind. It's this, you'll notice it's the same negative thought that you think over and over again. Like I'm, You know, I am not good looking enough or I haven't, you know, I need to lose weight or I can't, I'm not worthy of this job or I'm not worthy of this relationship. And a lot of it starts, you know, in our younger formative years, you know, in childhood from the way a parent spoke to us or maybe a teacher that compared us or a bad friend along the way. So we just have these, you know, negative thoughts as a child and we continue to validate them as we get into adulthood and so the first thing is it's not your fault to have these negative thoughts and a lot of them also happen subconsciously like I ask a lot of my clients like what is the first thing you say to yourself when you look in the mirror is it something kind is it something or are you saying something negative to yourself because a lot of the time we don't even realize the the self-talk that's going on the smack talk so the first step in how to work through the negative thoughts is being aware of them being aware that we actually say them and being aware of what they are. And so I would say the most important thing is to start writing them down. <laughs> Just so when they come into your head, you're suddenly aware of like, oh my God, you're being a freaking asshole to yourself, like stop, you know? And then what we say in the book is CSI the shit out of them. So once you've found that negative thought, let's say it's, you know, I I don't perform well at my job. Well is that what your boss would say about you? Is that what your best friend would say or your parent would say? Like you've, you know, so CSI that thought and build, give yourself some backup of why that thought is not true. You know, you got, you might've gotten a degree to get to that job. You might've, been in competition with 20 other people to get that job. You might have been promoted recently. Maybe you had a project that you kicked ass in. So, you know, try to come up with a bunch of reasons of why that thought is not true. And when you do that, then you replace the thought and say, you know what, I actually am doing well at my job. I'm not such a a terrible employee as I think I am. Um, So the first step is just to be aware of what you're saying to yourself and then try to prove yourself wrong because we just, we can't help ourselves. We, we, you know, we, we actually have an addiction to thinking these negative thoughts.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember you mentioned that in, in the book about them being addictive. Can you talk a little bit more about that or like how, yeah, where where does that come where does that piece of information come from that they're addictive?
1: Yeah, so there's actually a lot of science behind it. There's a lot of quantum physicists now that are talking about, you know, mindfulness and you know, how we talk to ourselves and the impact of that at a molecular level, you know, what's actually happening to our body when we think negative thoughts. And the first thing is we actually get a chemical rush. Um, We get a little dopamine hit every time we say this thought because, again, it's like that groove in our mind. We can't help ourselves. So we just naturally say these negative things all the time. And what's happening is uh, if any of you, you know, would like to, you can Google Dr. Emoto's water experiment. And he does an experiment where he actually looks at water from the same source and he labels it d- in different jars he puts it in different jars and labels it you know positive things and negative things and the positive ones he looks at a microscope you know sometime after they look like perfectly beautiful water crystals and the negative ones don't even look like any type of structure they're just completely run down they're yellow in color it's pretty astonishing to see and and the reason why this water experiment was so compelling is because 80% of our body is made up of water. And so every time we're saying these negative thoughts, you know, we're diminishing ourselves in ways that we can't even see, you know, physically see. So, you know, we're addicted to them. We can't help it, but we basically need to create new neural networks because these neural networks are so strong. Cause I said, you've been thinking this thought since, you know, for five years, 10 years, decades since childhood. So you basically need to just create a whole new neural network for yourself.
0: Yeah. And I think it's so important to, you know, reinforce that they're not your fault. Like that's something I say to my clients all the time, because the last thing you want to do is like beat yourself up for beating yourself up or to think like there's something inherently wrong with me because, uh, you know, or like I'm defective, you know, because so, and I think that that can, in and of itself is just, can be a bit of a relief to know like, okay, this is not my fault. And I love how you say, like, to CSI the shit out of it because I think that that probably, like, in doing that and finding the proof that it's not true helps to reinforce the new neural pathways and create more neutral and more positive
1: thoughts about yourself. Totally. Like, we often think about self-love as, you know, bubble baths and spa dates and girls' nights out, which I think, you know, has a ton of credibility. We all need me time. But I, you know, self love at the crux of it is like, how we are, how are we loving ourselves internally? What are we saying to ourselves? Like we, you know, some of the listeners out there might have eliminated toxic people from their lives. Like I don't want to be around that toxicity or that negative person, but how toxic are we to our own selves without even realizing it? So that's kind of the crux of it is being aware of this, you know, record we play and, you know, how we can just start playing a new one.
0: Yeah. One thing that stuck out to me uh, was the
1: furniture analogy. Can you, can you share that? Yeah, I love this. So I learned this from one of my teachers and I studied uh, mindfulness and meditation and spirituality in California for a year. And we had teachers from all like monks from all over the world. It was incredible. And one of my teachers was talking about how the analogy of, you know, when you take a couch and it's sitting on carpet and you suddenly move the couch, like after 10 years, five years, 10 years, 20 years, you'll see that there's four grooves there on the carpet from, you know, what the couch has done years over time. And the longer the couch has been sitting there, the more ingrained the grooves are. And so he said, you know, be patient with yourself. This process of changing your thought patterns might take weeks it might take months it might take years it might take decades and that's not to discourage anyone it's to encourage you that you know if you keep catching yourself in these negative thoughts that's okay that's totally natural don't be hard on yourself about that just keep at it and 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 you know it's almost like you're brushing out those grooves slowly and over time and getting yourself back to you know the carpet the way it was and this is you know it's it's so obvious to me that it's society and it's it's you know what's happened to us over time because if you look at children if you look at infants and toddlers they're inherently happy they're inherently present they get upset if they're hungry or if they're tired but they don't think about their body image they don't think about how smart they sound or they don't think about they don't do any self-hate so it's something we've learned along the way which to me means we can unlearn it it's just going to take time because we're so used to saying these things to ourselves
0: yeah absolutely and, and so much of it's like reinforced in our culture too the way that you know the way that women are depicted in things it's like that specifically like in the line of work that that I'm in but and so yeah I think I, I think that that's so important to reinforce is that you ha- it can take years it can take decades I mean if you've been saying these things to yourself for you know 30 years it's probably going to take that amount of time or half that at, at as a minimum to really rewire those thoughts and learn new ones
1: yeah for sure and the great thing is like You know, don't be discouraged by the time, be really encouraged that you actually caught it because some people go through their whole lives just being stuck in their own head. And I always reinforce, you are not your thoughts. You are so much more than your thoughts. Your thoughts are just a small part of you. So the second you can kind of get out of yourself and, and realize that is when you can start to find that calm and find that you know, peace and happiness, because you know, they're just thought patterns, they're not really a reflection of who you are.
0: Yeah, yeah, so important. Another, another uh, thing that I pulled from your book, just like a quote here, it says the thoughts don't stop, but your relation to them changes, which I thought was like a really (laughs) good point.
1: Exactly, exactly. It's not like I have don't have negative thoughts anymore. I'm like, You know, my, my monkey mind is going all the time with, you know, you're not good enough thoughts or, you know, your business isn't thriving or all kinds of things. But now I can just observe it and be like, okay, there your monkey mind goes again, you know, thinking that thought. So my relationship is I no longer get caught up in it and then therefore get down about it. I'm like, okay, that's just a thought. And that's not true for this and this and this reason. And you move on. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Let that shit go. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. No,
0: it's so true. And I think it's like, you know, sometimes the thoughts are worse than others. Like the, depending on what else is going on in your life. I know when I'm really stressed and anxious, like that's when my inner critic is so loud. It's like when, you know, when there's just chaos in my life, it like, it's like my mind is like, oh, now's a great time to start criticizing yourself (laughs) on top of everything. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah. Often our mind doesn't work for us. Like our little chatty monkey mind doesn't work for us. It's, it works against us. So we just have to learn how to kind of treat it like almost a child and just bring it back in every single time and be like, no, you're not, you're not getting the best of me this, this time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: So I want to, uh, one of the chunks that I wanted to talk to you about was, you know, like this as I think you mentioned earlier, like we, we worry about the future, we ruminate on the past, you know, we spend our whole lives kind of like in in not being present. So what are what are some of your favorite ways that we can stay more present?
1: Yeah, a lot of people ask me, you know, what is mindfulness? And in a nutshell, mindfulness is all about being in the present moment. And I think there's a misconception, you know, people find it so difficult, because, you know, how can you stay in the moment for hours and hours, you know, and there's this misconception that that's how it is, but it's actually not. It's just, you know, moment to moment, bringing yourself, reining yourself back in. Um, Even the Dalai Lama says, you know, my mind wanders a thousand times and a thousand times I bring it back. And there's a couple of, you know, things I lean into. One of them is, you know, taking deep breaths. So when you are having those overwhelming moments where your anxiety is high or you're, you know, feeling, you know, regretting something of the past or feeling anxious about the future, just take, just ground yourself by taking a few really big deep breaths or meditating for a couple of minutes just to get yourself back into the present moment. The other great thing to do is with mindfulness is lean into your senses. So, you know, in this exact moment, what are you, you know, what are you hearing? If it, is it, you know, the sounds of birds outside and, you know, the water running from your partner brushing his teeth or her brushing your teeth? What are you seeing? What are you touching? Is it your bed sheets and your pillow? What do you, f- what do sorry, I said feeling, um, seeing, hearing, uh, what are the other senses? I'm missing some breathing, uh, smelling, <laughs> smelling, <laughs> touch. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, back to grade one here. But anyway, <laughs> lean into all of your senses. And that really gets you into the present moment. The other tip that I love that I that I share all the time, one of my teachers in California shared this with me because I, you know, came back from California, I went back into corporate and I was like, this whole being present thing is a bunch of bullshit. Like, how do you actually be in the present moment when you have like a mortgage and work and, you know, home life and all this stuff to think about? And, you know, I one of my teachers was visiting from California and I asked him, like, how do you actually stay present? This whole thing seems impossible. And he kind of smiled at me and he said, Just have moments where you speak out loud what you're doing. So this might sound crazy to some people, but it's really effective. So let's say you're doing the dishes. Your dialogue is going to go sound something like this. Now I'm putting soap on this sponge. Now I'm making circular motions on this pot. Now I'm rinsing this pot. Now I'm putting it on the drying rack. And you're just basically internal dialoguing what you're doing. And even if you're doing the dishes for 20 minutes and your mind wanders off, 15, 20 times, and you keep bringing it back and bringing it back and bringing it back, that's totally normal. That's totally okay. But it's just about, you know, when you're out for a walk, again, like, you know, observing the trees or, you know, listening to the sound of your feet on gravel or as you're in the shower, okay, now I'm soaping my arm, now I'm putting shampoo in my hair, just because we are never typically where we are. Like, I'm sure you've experienced this where you're going from home to work and you get to work and you're like, how did I even get here? Yes. Like, you know, because our mind is thinking these, you know, 35 to 42 thoughts a minute. So it's just about getting yourself out of that by being really present by honing in on exactly what's happening in that moment.
0: Yeah. Sometimes I get out of the shower and I'm like, did I put conditioner on my <laughs> hair? Like, <totally. laughs> did, did I wash my totally. armpits? Like I and I'm like, oh, I, I I don't even know where I was for the last five minutes. Like hundred <laughs> yeah.
1: percent. It happens to all because our minds are just our minds are never where we physically are. So, you know, like a lot of people in the mindfulness space, like just say like when you're in the shower, have a shower. When you're going for a walk, go for a walk, you know, because we're just walking our dog but we're thinking about work and we're thinking about home and what to make for dinner and how I'm a terrible mom and blah 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 all these things right so just focus on the trees and focus on you know the the interest, intricacy of a leaf or a little bunny that went by just just and again your mind will wander a million times in that walk but just it's just about bringing it back to the moment so it's not like you're present you know for hours on end that's not really how it works it's kind of just like bringing it back every time it runs off
0: yeah i've been i feel like having having a baby has helped me with this in that you know when we go for a walk or something i like trying to i'm trying to like see things from his perspective or point stuff out. I'm like, look at that shiny green leaf, you know, totally. And, and that's actually yes. been really helpful for me to, to have that. Or whenever I'm doing stuff around the house, I'm like, "Mummy's just doing that. You know, like I'm like narrating everything I'm doing. I'm like, I'm taking the <laughs> bottle out of the cupboard and I'm doing this. Like just, you know, cause you're not talking to anybody else. So you're, you got to talk to your baby when you're alone all day. So.
1: I know it's true. It's so true. Even though they don't talk back, it's fine. Don't, don't worry. He'll start talking back soon. I and I'll you. be like,
0: I need some quiet time. Um Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was with
1: her girlfriend the other day. She's like, my three-year-old doesn't fucking shut up. <laughs> it's so funny. Oh, yeah, it's crazy. But, kids like we think we teach kids oh my gosh in this space they are our greatest teachers really even as they get into toddlers and it's like oh my god a fire hydrant or like you know that cloud looks like a heart you yeah. know it's all these little things that we just miss because we're just stressed all the time right so they bring us to the present moment
0: yeah yeah or i just like I, I just observe him just like playing with random stuff and i'm like well what's he do like what's he seeing you know and it's yeah. really, it's so cool and to think about you know what he's what he you know his perspective of the world and what he is getting out of a certain activity that he's that he's yeah. into <laughs>
1: exactly. he, he only has to deal with literal shit we have to deal with like figurative
0: yeah <laughs> like, yeah
1: figurative shit we need to let go of. Yeah,
0: yeah but you can you can learn from it it's really it's really quite useful absolutely for sure so on the topic of you know future thinking i think a lot of people listening or a lot of my clients will come to me because they're tired of thinking that happiness exists once they reach a certain size they're like if only mm-hmm. i was if only i was in a smaller body i would be happy or you know it's the same kind of thing like if when i land this job like then i'll be happy or mm-hmm. uh you know and i think a lot of us spend our whole lives like chasing that next thing And then getting it or not getting it, but in some cases, getting it and then still not being happy, which Mm -hmm. I know, again, is something I think a lot of people listening have experienced is maybe they did lose weight, and then they still felt the same way about themselves, like they still weren't happy. So how can we get away from thinking that happiness only exists in the future?
1: Yeah, I'm just I'm going to take it a step further and say, you know, even thinking that happiness exists externally in things, you know, in vacations and relationships and you know, the food we eat. I think the first step is simply knowing that happiness doesn't exist in the future because, and I'll, I'll, I'll preface by saying happiness does exist in those things. Don't get me wrong, that amazing relationship or that child that you've just had or that house that you just landed, there is happiness in that. It's just temporary because the next minute we've landed that house and now we need to finish it and we're all stressed about how we furnish it or we got that ring that we've been waiting for and now we're stressed about the wedding or you know we're having challenges in our relationship you know or we get that job we want the promotion we want the promotion Want the, I see I saw this happen my entire career and you get the promotion and two months in you're just you're so knee deep in like stress and what the fuck just happened and how do I get through this job So the very thing that we seek that we think is going to make us happy is now bringing stress. And, you know, even in relationships, sometimes our parents make us super happy. Sometimes they drive us crazy. Same with our kids, same with our friends. And so, you know, at the expense of, you know, sounding a little bit cheesy, the only place we can find true and permanent happiness is actually within ourselves because we are the only person that can control how happy we are. So I think the first step in knowing that happiness doesn't exist in the future is simply knowing that and being aware of that, that, you know, yeah, I'm gonna, I can, you know, I can move to the bigger house, or I can finally get that condo I've always wanted. But at some point, that condo is also going to cause me stress. And so mindfulness, you know, what it does is it just, it makes you focus on the present. So you're not thinking that, you know, happiness exists somewhere else, you're actually just happy as things are right here. And right now, everything just is, as it is versus like waiting for that next thing to happen. And this doesn't mean that, you know, you shouldn't have goals. And you shouldn't I mean, I'm an entrepreneur, I have, you know, a vision, and I have goals, it just means that, know that, you know, your life might not go exactly as planned to that. And, you know, when it doesn't, then that's okay. And the less you are to the happiness of that goal, le- the less attached you are to the happiness of that goal, the less disappointed you're going to be if it doesn't happen or if it doesn't go exactly this, the the way you want it to go. You know, like it, I, I talk in the book, too, about how, you know, my my 25 year old self wouldn't even recognize my 35 year old self. I had all of these plans for myself in the next 10 years that I was going to be done kids at 30 and I was going to be a CMO and I was going to do all these live in the city and everything Flipped on its head, you know. I had my daughter at thirty, almost thirty-four. I, you know, live as butt-fucking nowhere as you can be in the suburbs, <laughs> and you know, I'm not a CMO. I'm an entrepreneur, um, and so, you know, all that things that I thought happiness was in, that's not where I found it at the end of the day. So I think it's just, just simply knowing that happiness doesn't exist, and all these things. The only place we can find true permanent peace and calm is, is within ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know that's so good. Uh, one, uh, one thing I really want to talk to you about is
0: forgiveness. So, you, you know, you talked mm-hmm. about your story, you talked about your dad and, um, you know, if I feel like if anyone can give advice on how to forgive and how to, you know, be able to kind of move on with life, having gone through something where you probably hold like a lot of emotion around, um, an individual, Uh, I feel like it's you. So, you know, what are some ways that maybe that helped you cultivate forgiveness or that you, you know, you suggest to other people?
1: I think the biggest thing with forgiveness is knowing that it's not actually about the other person. It's about you. And that was the biggest aha. I mean, I, it took me almost 20 years after, you know, that incident with my dad to finally start to forgive him for you know what happened I dealt with you know PTSD a ton of survivor's guilt that you know I survived and my brother didn't and I was really angry I couldn't even grieve my brother for the first two years because I was so angry at my dad and I carried that anger and resentment on forever and I I was actually it was after I had my daughter It was a couple of years ago I was reading someone had sent me this letter that this girl had written to her dad Because he wanted back into her life because he had sexually abused her. And um, she basically said, I'm not forgiving you. I'm not forgiving the act. And I'm not forgiving you, you know, for everything that happened. But I'm forgiving you. And so I can move on. I'm forgiving you for me because I'm holding on to all this anger towards you and that's not helping me. And I, something just clicked with me. It was such an epiphany moment because I was like, oh my God, my dad's been dead and gone for almost 20 years and I'm holding on to all this anger. It's not affecting him. He's gone, you know, I need to let go of this. It's not about the other person and forgiveness also doesn't mean that, you know, it's this out of a romantic period piece where it's like, I forgive you. And it's this best friend that you lost, you know, had a falling out with in grade six that you need to go and have a conversation with him and forgive. You can just forgive that situation in your own mind so you can let it go. You know, so that's what forgiveness is about. And it's, there's tons of tips in the book, but I, I, you know, want to really emphasize that forgiveness can, you know, it can be anything from you know, a little argument with your partner to all the way to the really intense stuff, but it is such a personal journey. So, you know, for the next year, once I realized, you know, forgiving my dad was my kind of ticket out to freedom, I just started researching like different ways to forgive. And um, I found it through trying to really understand where he was coming from, from an empathetic point of view that he obviously really struggled with depression. He really struggled with mental health issues, which no one talked about in the eighties and nineties like they do now. I'm so glad mental health is something that's talked about now because then it was like totally taboo to have a psychologist or to seek help, you know, especially in the Indian culture. And so, you know, my dad never got help. And so he just spiraled, you know, into this, into this event. And this is how he ended his life. But I think with forgiveness, it's really important to know that it's not about anyone, but you, you don't have to talk through some, you know, someone you need forgiving. You need to forgive. You don't have to forgive the actual act that happened. It's just about, you know, forgiving that whole incident so you can get on and, and, and you can move on with your life. And, Forgiveness also can mean forgiving yourself, you know, forgiving yourself for being so hard on yourself, forgiving yourself for staying in a relationship for too long, forgiving yourself, you know, maybe you're working on an incredible program with summer and you're like, oh, my God, how have I been thinking of my body this way for so many years? Like letting go of all that and forgiving yourself and just accepting, you know, where you are here and now. And, you know, it's something that takes time. People ask me, have you forgiven your dad? and you know, it's, it's not, it's this gray area. I've come a long freaking way, um, where I can finally think about good memories of him. Um, but it's, it's, I don't think it's black and white. So it's really, really important to know that forgiveness can be, you know, a journey, a journey. Yeah. I don't think you get to an end point where you put a bow on it and you're like, okay, that's yes, it. it's done. <laughs>
0: you know, with any of this stuff, it's like such an iterative process of and over and over and over and it gets a little better and gets a little better slowly over time, but it's exactly. like, it's a practice I'm
1: sure. But yeah. And my sister-in-law said to me too, um, you know, you're just not going to be, I'm like, I could I'm never going to forget what happened. She goes, yeah, you're never going to forget, but you're going to be less triggered. You yeah. You're yes. going to be less triggered. So the thoughts still come and the memories still come but I'm just I, it affects me less and I also just want to kind of dial back that's kind of a heavy situation but Kate came up with this really cool thing in the book forgiveness to go and it's like letting go when things kind of piss us off in the moment like you know when you're on vacation you get in a little tiff with your partner about something you know and then you spend the rest of your day just kind of pissed off at each other so forgiveness to go um is like you know you have the fight you hash it out you talk it out and then once you've done that just with the little little things just let it go because then you're not ruining the rest of your day the rest of your vacation or you've spent too long on the phone with like some phone company that's charging you too much for your data you know and you're frustrated when you hang up the phone just forgive just let it go because like not it's not hanging on to that thing for the rest of the day or for the rest of the week kind of thing yeah so I'm, I'm so bad at stewing over stuff like stewing, that. right we just do it and and it takes up for like our subconscious and that doesn't help either. And then that, you know, leads into other thoughts. And so that's that one's really helped me in the every day is like, okay, this fight happened. We talked it through now. Just let it go.
0: Yeah, it's 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 hard to do, but it's so necessary, I think.
1: Absolutely. And it helps, yeah. it helps to be aware that we're holding on because sometimes again, we, we're not even aware of it. We're just like clenching our teeth at the dinner table. I know I know and sometimes it's like with people like
0: you don't even know like if it's like someone pissed you off when you were driving and then you spend the rest of your day like exactly stewing over it (laughs) totally totally and again
1: that person is like happy on their way like didn't even know they cut you off and here you are you know so yeah that's where it's like it's it's not about the other person it's about you
0: that happened to me the other day and we were on our way somewhere and I called the person a piece of shit and Mike was like what? What is wrong with you like <laughs> what is wrong with you and then and then two days later I get my first postpartum period and I'm like it explains it all oh there you go <laughs> Like now I can move on. I'm like, now I know why I was doing that. Cause even in the moment, like it was like I was watching it happen and I couldn't help it. And I had the worst I had the worst like pregnancy rage too. And it was kind of the same thing. Like I would just like see myself and be like, who is this? Who are you? You know what? Honor
1: it though at the time, (laughs) you need to fucking let you know, let that (laughs) shit out. Just do it, honor it, and then yeah. Then then you can be reflective about it and be like, okay. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs)
0: Um, actually, so on that topic, you know, one of the quotes that you have in the book is you need to let that shit out before you can let that shit go. So can you talk about that?
1: Yeah. Um, I think in the mindfulness space, it's really important to emphasize the fact that it's okay to feel emotion. It's not just about like, okay, let me be present now and just block everything out. Cause I did that. I did that with my dad and brother. I think I suppressed a lot for many, many years and it did, it completely didn't work You know, for me, it worked against me. And so the importance of letting it out, meaning, you know, feel all the feels, um, acknowledge all the emotion, you know, don't suppress it, cry it out, let it out, talk it out, work it out, whatever you feel to help you you know, honor that emotion, it's very important to, to acknowledge the emotion that's going out. And, and I, I personally think from my own experience now is the only way to move through the emotion is to actually feel the emotion, not just be like, Oh, I'm not being mindful. I'm not being present or I'm harping too much on that. Hey, if you, if you're having a day where you're harping on something, harp and just honor it and, and feel what you need to feel. And then, and then let it go. There's that whole saying like you need to feel it to heal it. So I think this whole like you need, to, it's not just that you can just let shit go. These things are, have been with us. Again, that things that we're doing about the shit that we're holding on to has been with us for many, many years, many decades. So, you know, uh, the the process of undoing, it takes time and it takes patience and it takes emotion. And, you know, the, the year of forgiving my dad, I spent many nights like crying myself to sleep and reliving things. But now I am. I can't tell you how free I feel now that I've gone through that process you know how many opportunities i kind of it's kind of like marie condoing your own self right like you only have so much energy and thought and when you start letting go of stuff you can make room for new and so after you know i had my daughter and i did that whole forgiveness piece and worked on myself for a year and a half that's when I started my business. That's when opportunities started coming through. That's when, you know, the book came through. Um, and it was just crazy how much I was like, oh my God, all that weight I was holding on to. Um, and it served a purpose. I you know, I, I don't regret it. It is what it is. And I had to go through that at the time. But once I let it go, it was like all this new stuff could come in. But I have to go through the motions of letting it go.
0: Yeah. Wow, it's so important, right? Because you hear the term like spiritual bypassing, and I think like this, you know, there's some there's some teachers out there that kind of like just tell you to like think positive all the time and all that stuff and and how that's just so harmful, like such a harmful message.
1: Yes, and I yeah, I've experienced that. And so I think that's why I now am in such an advocate of feeling the emotion.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Well, we're going to leave it on that note because I think that's that's a really good place to kind of start to wrap it up here. Where can people find more of you?
1: They can find us online. Our website is com. Um, They can find me at pureminds.ca. That's my business. And Kate's business is mindmatters.space. On Instagram, we're letthatshitgo_book, underscore, book. And I'm nina.pure.minds. So thank you so much for having me, Summer. I love chatting with you. And yeah, I was same. actually thinking the the first time we met was like our first jobs at a university, which was like 2003 for me. So I'm like, holy crap, we met like 14 years ago <laughs> as da- data monkeys. Oh,
0: I know, I know, I know, I know. It's wild, isn't it? It's like, uh, yeah, wait. So, well, I was so different then. I, I like, I can't speak for for you, but like, I was just such a different person then. So. <laughs> It's so cool. Oh, to, uh, same, same. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's been so amazing to watch you, like, and and watch your journey and and everything that you've just overcome, like you know, through the years. Uh, yeah, it's just like you, you know, you have such a strong message, and and i I love seeing. The success that you've had with the book and like, you know, watching I saw you on uh the social and like just really cool. Like I was like, Yeah,
1: (laughs) I know her. Like
0: (laughs) (laughs) that was crazy. And you know, ditto to
1: you. Like it's so (laughs) fantastic that you are helping so many people live their best life through being completely authentic and just overcoming so much. And you know, it's really really great to see how far you've come to from those days of like sitting in corporate where we'd like secretly talk about how we wanted to like start our own businesses and wellness. And like, now you're here, like you've been such an inspiration for me. You started your business way before me. So you've been so inspiring that like you can, you know, follow your dreams and and be successful at it. So oh, so kudos to too. you too. Thank you. Do you still love Cadbury chocolate? <laughs> um. <laughs> I was in marketing, and my file folders were filled with chocolate instead of actual folders. Yeah, um, <laughs> you know, I'll go, I'll go for a bar once in a while, but you know, I was yeah. gonna say I prefer a Kit Kat, but my old my colleagues would kill my ex colleagues oh, would kill me. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, I still buy I still buy Cadbury at Halloween. <laughs> yeah, me too, me too. Because I feel it. You know, I know everything that goes behind it. You know. I whatever peanut free, I'll, I'll buy the freaking Cadbury because yeah, no, I'm still. So, I'm still so supportive. <laughs> it was a good time there. I liked it there. It was good. It was good. <laughs> I loved Cadbury. Cadbury yeah, was, was like, great. the culture was great. I really loved the people and the values. Yeah. When it was Cadbury.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, same. <laughs> That's when we both jump show. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much for being here. It's been it's been awesome. And I will link to all of this stuff in the show notes, but definitely check out the book, Let That Shit Go. You can get it on Amazon. Um, if you're in Canada, you can find it at uh like bookstores and uh but I think most people uh listening probably will grab it off of Amazon. So definitely go check it out there. It's awesome, it's really, really really great. I I endorse it and uh yeah, I've really gotten a lot out of it myself, especially in these last couple of weeks as I've been transitioning Dylan to uh, child care. It's just been helpful to like be present and
1: take a deep breath and like all that stuff. Mm-hmm.
0: All right. Thank you so much for being
1: here. Rock on. Thanks, Summer. It's been so wonderful chatting with you.
0: I hope you enjoyed that interview as much as I enjoyed talking to Nina. It was awesome to hear her story and uh, get some really good practical tips from her. There's so many more in the book. I really enjoyed it. I was playing a lot of them to my life. And it's amazing when you just think about a couple of little adjustments that you can make in the way that you think how much of a difference that makes in your everyday life. And there's so many in that book that can resonate and apply to you. So you can grab your copy by heading to Amazon and looking up Let That Shit Go, or finding it in a local bookstore. And you can just find links to that in the show notes for this episode, summerinonin.com forward slash 150. Thank you so much for listening. I will talk to you soon. Rock on. I'm Summer Inanen, and I want to thank you for listening today. You can follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Summer Inanen. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this show. I would be so grateful. Until next time, rock on.